This podcast is also brought to you by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm is so easy to use. It's simple, it's fast, it's effective. It's the easiest way to distribute your podcast to every major platform and in the quickest way. I've gone through other websites to host podcasts, and it's a pain in the butt. Anchor does it for you. Join Anchor.fm and do your podcast the right way. And if you're looking to start a podcast, contact one of us at ATV Sports, as we're looking for podcasters for nearly every professional sports team right now. If you think you'd be a good fit, you can also apply at our website, www.atbsports.net. Welcome back to the Dog Check Podcast. I'm your host, Chandler Adams. I'm here to cover all things Dog Pound in Cleveland for you guys. Make sure to give the Twitter account a follow. It's at Dog Check Pod. It's always follow back. Always here to talk with you guys. Cleveland sports, or any sports for that matter. Personal account, at Chandler Adams 11. Same rules apply for that one, guys. Sit back. Enjoy it. I hope you guys like what I have planned for you today. And as always, Dog Check. This is episode two of the Dog Check Pod. And by popular demand on Twitter, we're going to be talking the draft class and the undrafted free agents that the Browns have brought in this year. Kind of what to expect from them, their story, what they can give to the Browns, and uh, much more. So... I figured we start with Greedy Williams. Um, one, because he was the first pick in the Browns draft this year. And two, and most importantly, he has a very, very interesting background that uh, just uh, just makes me so happy for him that he's got to this point. So, first and foremost, his name's not Greedy. It's Andre- Andreas. His aunt started calling him Greedy. When he was like six months old, he was eating all the time. Uh, it doesn't show now. He's a pretty lanky guy. But we're going to call him Greedy because that's what he goes by. And he's greedy on the field. <laughs> so, Greedy Williams. Uh, there's a story out there. He actually, him and his brother, Rodarius, who's playing for the Oklahoma State Sooners right now as a cornerback, who looks like he's going to be in next year's draft class, and he's pretty dang good. Go give him a look if you haven't. Rodarius Smith. Anyway, he Rodarius and Greedy pulled their family out of what his mom quoted, the hood. Uh, they'd look outside their window, and they'd see things left and right that those kids shouldn't see. And when Greedy was five, year olds, five years old, his mom said he kept looking out the window and saying, football. Because, I don't know if you've ever seen Greedy's teeth, um, he kind of has like a, a little separation in the front too. He didn't have his front teeth for a while, so he couldn't say, he couldn't make the f sound. But football, as he later started calling it, um, brought his family to, they moved out to the suburbs. Which, you know, it wasn't easy to afford that, but their mom... Uh, Greedy and Rodarius' and mom said, enough with this. You guys deserve better. Um, we're going to take you to the suburbs. And they packed up their kids. Uh, he had sisters as well. And they 
they moved out to the suburb and they started playing football from there on. And Greedy and his brother are actually the two, uh, first two males in his family to go to college. So just a lot of cool things about Greedy, guys. Um, he's humble. Uh, he's a dang good football player. And hopefully he has a nice chip on his shoulder from being the 46th overall pick in the draft. But uh, let's get down to what he brings to the team, which is very exciting. So 6'2", 185, not a physical specimen. But what he lacks there, he makes up for with his playability. The dude is a ball hawk, which you love in a corner. There are some corners that you jokingly say, well, he's a corner because he can't catch, so he couldn't play receiver. Greedy Williams, when he's out there and his press man coverage, which is what he runs best, looks like he could be a receiver. He is a exact shadow of the receiver he's guarding sometimes when you look at his college tape it looks like he's running their routes for them um you know the film i like best is uh he played dk metcalf you know uh the person everyone raved over in this draft who you know it could be a good burner in this league he's fast but his agility is so poor that i don't know if he'll ever amount to a route runner Regardless, um, he Greedy Williams guarded him uh, a good chunk of snaps in the Ole Miss LSU game and made DK Metcalf look like a JV wide receiver. I mean, Greedy Williams is just all over him, all over him. As a press man cover, there was not a better one in this draft. Um, no, no one better than Greedy Williams at that. You know, and you you look at his tackle, you look at his tackles and say, you know, it's it's not good enough. Well, it is. I think the stat was he had about 7% of his team's tackle market share, which is a pretty big chunk. Um, a couple corners drafted before him had worse and... For any Browns fan right now or Buckeye fan that was head over heels in love or is head over heels in love with Denzel Ward, as I am, he had 4.6-something percent tackle market share in college. So right off the bat, you can make the argument that Greedy Williams is a better tackler than Denzel Ward. Yeah, Denzel Ward lays lays the smack down on people, but Greedy Williams had more tackles in college. Um market share so that's something to take into consideration guys and he's you know he played Bama he's he, playing as he's playing Ole Miss DK Metcalf 6'3 225 he, he's playing Tennessee Kentucky he's playing these hard-nosed football teams and that's a good thing because now he's coming to AFC North where it's hard-nosed football Steelers um, Ravens the Bengals, uh, they have Joe Mixon, which people forget about. Very good running back. So, but back to what he brings is he brings a press man corner that has all the potential in the war- world at that. At that, he, um, his stats last year he had he had thirty tackles. That's not bad. Um, you know, let, let me look. Rocky Sin had 40 tackles, okay? Uh, Jawan Williams went to the Patriots. This is a 
bad example because he is a he is a tackler. He had sixty tackles. Um, you know, guys, the tackling doesn't bother me that much when he's when you're that good. And he, uh, let's see, he allowed a forty percent catch rate. That's that's a good number. Jawan Williams drafted before him for the Patriots allowed forty eight percent catch rate. Um, this year he had two interceptions and ten passes defended. Those are good numbers. Those are very good numbers, and he only allowed a 58% passer rating. That's extremely good. But here's what's even better. His redshirt freshman year, so two seasons ago now, he had six interceptions and 11 passes defended and a 19.4% passer rating. 19.4 passer rating against him. Guys, that's elite. That is elite level of play and people say oh greedy looked like he lacked motivation this year he was he wasn't all there he he wasn't tackling hard he wouldn't get in the scrum of to get the interceptions well that's why the story of where he came from is so important he was probably playing to not get hurt and why wouldn't you any of you listening love your moms? I do. Any of you love your brothers and sisters? I do. If they had absolutely no money and you had a chance to give them everything they've ever needed in life, money-wise, what would you do? You would do everything in your power to get them that. That's what he was doing. He was playing well enough that he would still get drafted. But he wasn't playing as hard as he could. At the combine, he tweaked himself a little bit. He didn't finish his drills. Why would you? He should have gone in the first round, but people were scared about his tackling. Don't give me that bull crap. The guy can tackle. And here's my favorite line John Dorsey's ever said. We don't pay our corners to tackle. Yeah, what if you what if they run what if they run a pitch to your side every time? What are you gonna do? Well that's why you have ten other people on the field to help you out. Alright, they're not just gonna set greedy on one side of the field and say, look run it at him a hundred times a game. No. People are forgetting you have Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon to cover that edge. Both elite run defenders. Olivier Vernon's one of the best run defending edges in the NFL. Those are just stats. That's just, that's how it is. And Greedy Williams brings to you the ability to have two islands on each sideline. You already have Denzel Ward, who according to PFF was the second best man coverage corner in the NFL last year. Not rookies. In the NFL. Behind Stephen Gilmore. One of the best corners in the NFL, guys. That's exciting stuff. That's amazing. Now you have Denzel on one side. You have greedy on the other. All right. So then the question: Steve Wilkes has ran his own offense his entire life. Yes, that's true. Denzel can play in his own. He's not as elite, but he can play in his own. Greedy, we've never really got to see him in his own. Yeah, the video of him getting burnt um, on the off coverage and minicamp. Same thing happened to Denzel last year. Same exact play. 
It's not a problem, guys. Steve Wilkes will adjust to his team. And here's the thing. If Steve Wilkes doesn't adjust, he'll be out of here. He wants another head coaching gig. He'll adjust that he has two elite man coverage guys. So don't even worry about it. It's just people story people want to make because we're bored. Because we got OBJ. We got all these dra- We got these guys. So now we need more stories. No, now it's just time to sit back and relax and enjoy what we have. Not try to make stories that aren't there. So that's what Greedy Williams brings you. Do I think he'll be starting week one? No. I don't think he will. Terrence Mitchell's a really good corner. He was playing at his best ever until he broke his arm in Oakland. I think he's going to fight for this position. And you know what, guys? We have four corners, hopefully, that will be competing week in and week out for starting spots. That's competition. Then you have draft picks like Donnie Lewis. Then you have Javante Dean, which we'll get to, who Freddie Kitchen seems to really like, and he's been really showing out at rookie minicamp. Now can he keep that up? So Greedy Williams brings you a competition and an already pretty good cornerback group. He brings you an island on each side of the football field. And he gets you absolutely outstanding value as a four, as a 46th overall pick. The guy could have been a top 20 pick and nobody would have batted an eye. You're getting him at a discount price unlike any other. Guys, next we have Sione Taki Taki. Drafted 80th overall by the Browns. Not a lot of people had big, uh, big projections for Sione. Uh, it, I, it's important to talk about he was kicked off BYU uh, in his younger college days. Came back, became a captain his senior year at BYU. Became a captain after getting kicked off the team and had a heck of a season. All right, so he converted from – he was an edge rusher, for those of you who don't know. that uh, He was a defensive end. He played on the line, hand in the dirt. Uh, rushing the passer. Um, his senior year, he transitioned to a linebacker role, outside linebacker role. And he had his best year, um, according to PFF, he had an 82.7 grade. It's the best year he's had in college. And what's so exciting he hasn't even scratched the surface of what a linebacker does. You know, he's just learning how to cover. He's just learning how to break at the right times. He had 89 tackles last year. I'll repeat that. 89 tackles last year. He did have 21 missed tackles. But if you go back and watch his games... There's a, it's very clear that half of those maybe were missed tackles that nobody else would have been able to miss. And what I mean by that is nobody else would have been able to get their, get into that situation. Nobody had that explosiveness to get into the backfield and make the runner change his direction like that. He was disruptive. Yes, he had 21 missed tackles, but he didn't have 21 it's me and the runner, one-on-one. I didn't wrap up right. No. 
very rarely did he ever have that. And my favorite play um, from Sione Taki Taki last year, he broke on he 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 knew the snap count. He got through the line of scrimmage before the running back even had the ball. Running back saw him, juke to the left, tried to avoid it. Taki Taki dove as hard as he could. Didn't wrap his legs. He clubbed his legs with a closed fist and got him to fall down. He knew he wouldn't be able to reach him. This guy is so violent in the sport of football that he clubbed a guy's legs from out from under him. He ran a 4-6-3-40. He had 24 bench press. He had a 7-2-1-3 cone, which isn't great, but it's it pops on tape. He pops at you on tape. And the best thing about him is the leadership he brings, which you might think, how? He did, he got kicked off the team his sophomore year for stealing. Well, if you listen to him talk now, and he talks about it openly, his wife changed his life, and he doesn't talk he doesn't talk in a single interview that I've listened to without talking about his wife and what she's done for him. And that's awesome. Those are the kind of people you want that take the humility, say, I effed up. Fix me. And he he was he let someone fix him. That shows coachability. I know it's a different situation, but it shows coachability. Dang it, I should have done this better. Coach, what'd I do? You know? And then they tell him, this is what you need to do next time. What he brings to the Browns is obviously depth to a very, very shallow linebacker group. Yeah, Jannard Avery's in there. Yeah, Jannard Avery's one of my favorite Browns. Jannard Avery's best role would be to play defensive end, passing situations. Um, you know, you look at especially if Vernon or Miles Garrett gets banged up. Jannard Avery's a big dude. He wasn't super good in coverage. Sione Takitaki's better in coverage, better at playing that Sam or Will linebacker. So that's what you expect. If Christian Kirksey can rise back up to the play he should be playing at for his price and what I think Kirksey can play at, but I think that Greg Williams and his son, the linebacker coach, held him back, I don't think Takitaki will start at will this year. However, as we'll talk about in episode three, actually, I don't think Kirksey will be here long term if his contract's not restructured. Kirko is my favorite Brown, I think. There's a good chance he's my favorite Brown. Or the Brown that I'm that helped me fall in love with the Browns even more with his enthusiasm. But he's just not worth the money right now. But that's where Taki Taki comes in. You get him now and you let him learn and maybe, just maybe, he will fill that role for you. Next on the list, Sheldrick Redwine. Or should I say, Turnover Chain. <laughs> it, if you look up Sheldrick Redwine, that's the first picture you'll get. Him in the universe, the Miami U Turnover Chain. Which, uh, I mean, just interception-wise, he had three this past season. So, that's respectable for a safety. But let's get down to what he brings and how he played. Last year, 50 tackles, 
uh, three interceptions, only one pass defended, which isn't great. But he did have five two seasons ago. But he did only allow a 52% passer rating against him. So what red wine brings, and I, the, the Browns like to draft people from the U. I don't know that I'm a huge fan of it. I do love David Njoku. That was a good pick. And I do love Sheldrick Redwine, actually. And I think that in 2020, your starting free safety for the Browns will be Sheldrick Redwine and not Demarius Randall. I don't think that he'll take Demarius Randall's spot because of talent, but because I don't think Demarius Randall will be a Brown. Money, salary cap, issues. But Sheldrick Redwine is a great coverage safety. However... He is still a great tackling safety. That doesn't mean you can put him in the box. Uh, What I mean by that, for those of you that don't know, is basically I can't play him as a, not a fourth linebacker, but I can't play him in like a linebacker type role where I'm saying, I want you to focus on stopping the run. One, that would impede his ability to cover, which he does very well. One of the best coverage safeties in this year's, draft class um if you take into account his competition and such he had a four 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 forty and the dude's big he's six foot 200 pounds that's a pretty big coverage safety now what you can ask him to do is play in the slot and let him cover your tight end i think that he will do pretty well against tight ends so basically what Sheldrick Redwine brings, brings is I think possibly if he plays to his potential this year, will be the starting strong safety by the end of the year because I think the Browns are going to be looking to play a too high safety look all the time, which is smart because I think that they're going to get the ball, they're going to get the ball passed on them a lot because they're going to put up a lot of points, guys. They're a high-powered offense. Um so, with that being said, I do think he'll be the starting free safety in 2020, but for 2019, he brings depth, um, he brings great coverage ability, and he brings competition with TJ Carey in a slot kind of coverage type of role. Next, we have linebacker Mac Wilson out of Alabama University. Guys, I'm not going to lie to you, I didn't like the pick. I was really confused. The dude's not very athletic. He's not a very good tackler. And he's just... He's not super good. He's good at coverage. But were there better options at uh, this pick? Absolutely, I think there were. But, nonetheless, he's a Brown now. So he's a future Hall of Famer. (laughs) But in all seriousness, he's a linebacker who was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. Uh, Do I think he has potential? Yeah. Yeah, he's a good coverage linebacker. Uh, he's He's a pretty good pass rusher, but you start to wonder how much of that was because he was running behind Quinn and Williams. Um... Well, but he did have one sack, eight hurries. I mean, eight hits and ten hurries. Two uh, batted balls. 
he did have 48 tackles, but, you know, for a linebacker, you want, I don't know, I guess, like, bare minimum, I would say, like, 65 is what I would prefer. But, nonetheless, he had 48 tackles. He took 22 assists. Um, he did have two interceptions and two passes defended. And in 2017, in a lot less snaps, he did have four interceptions. So he has that ability. It, it could, Maybe there's a chance, and this is a very real possibility, that Mac Wilson turns into a great third-down specialist at linebacker. I mean, covering tight ends might be what his specialty is in the NFL. So at a fifth-round pick, if all he can do is guard tight ends for you, but he guards Eric Ebron in a big game or he guards Travis Kelsey in a big game and he you know, he slows them down a little bit, makes their life hard, then was he worth a fifth-round pick? Absolutely. But he has a lot to prove to me and a lot to prove to others before I can agree that it was a great pick, like some people think. Um, with the second, uh, with our with our other fifth round pick, the Browns took Austin Seibert, kicker. I'm not gonna talk about it. He better be Phil freaking Dawson, or else it's a wasted pick. The sixth round pick. This is where it gets fun, guys. Drew Forbes, offensive tackle, out of Southeast Missouri State, because everyone's heard of them. Um, but no, this guy brings nastiness as uh people had people at southeastern missouri like to say but good thing is his wife says he's the opposite of nasty i don't know how he got that nickname but he's six foot five 305 pounds and he's he played tackle in college and what's exciting is he and david bakhtiari the best left tackle in the NFL. Had the same coach when they were drafted. James uh, Campen, Offensive line coach. Sorry. Campen. They had the same. Literally. Down to .01 on anything. Uh, 40. 10 yard split. 7 cone. I mean 3 cone. Um, 20 yard dash. 60 yard dash. Bench press. Arm length. Everything, perfect image of what David Bakhtiari's was. So Campen does have a type. And if you watch Forbes play, which there's very little tape on him because of the size of school he was at, he's nasty, like I said. he, he, fin- he the, the scene in uh, Blindside where uh, Michael Orr blocks him over the... Whatever the thing holding people back from the field, and he says he had to go home, coach. I was taking to the bus or whatever. That's kind of how Drew Forbes played. And I didn't see one where he took someone over the fence, but there were multiple plays, and I'm not exaggerating, where he'd sprint down the field with his running back and just start hitting guys as they're already past him. Just turn around and start hitting dudes left and right. There were a lot of running plays where I saw him. The, as soon as the end got to him, just flipped him over and pancaked him right on his ass. So this is the kind of thing you're getting. And hopefully, uh, this is a, hopefully, maybe he can just become a fraction of what David Bakhtiari is. And that I, that would be 
a steal. Campen, this is what you got him for, Browns. Develop this man into a freaking monster. If he gets hair as cool as David Bakhtiari's uh, locks, hey, all the better. But Drew Forbes, I think, has a real chance to be this team's left or right tackle of the future. Also, guys, he plays for his brother who has spina bifida, and it's a really awesome story. I suggest you go look it up. I don't want to talk about it. I don't know much about what that is. I I mean, I understand what it does, but I don't want to talk about it. It's best to listen to him talk about it. And last thing about Drew Forbes is he was so intriguing coming out of college. Sports Illustrated wrote an article about him but called him Prospect X because they knew only three or four teams had their eye on him and they didn't want to get they didn't want to give it away. So Sports Illustrated knew about this dude and they're excited about him and they rightfully should have been the dude's an absolute monster. On to the seventh round pick. Donnie Lewis Jr. Um, another cornerback, uh, another sizey guy, which is good. I like length. He's six foot, one ninety five. Um, so uh last year he had forty three tackles. That's very good. That's that's very good. Fifty five total tackles if you count the assist. Very good. Two and a half tackles for loss, that's good. Three interceptions, that's good. Passes defended, 15. That's great. That's great. Now, he was playing in the American Conference. UCF, no, they're not national champions. I'm tired of hearing that. Cincinnati, um, Connecticut, Houston, Memphis had a pretty good team. Navy, Tulsa, SMU. So... He wasn't playing against he wasn't playing against terrible, terrible teams. But he was in the American. But those stats, I he was also a captain, uh, which is worth noting. That's the kind of guys you get. Um I think that this if he keeps developing and keeps working and isn't content where he is, um can definitely take over TJ Carey's spot in 2020 because they, they they can't afford to pay TJ after this year. His contract's like seven or eight million dollars, which is just not good um, for the Browns. It's good for TJ. Glad he got his money while he did. But Donnie Lewis Jr. I haven't watched much tape on him because there isn't much. But the, the stuff I did see is he's a scroungy ball hawk. Like I don't know how else to describe it. He just gets his hand on the ball, which you can see with the 15. Passes defended and 11 last year, too. So uh, this dude gets his hands in it. Um, Yeah, he's not there yet. And he probably won't see the field this year. Uh, Maybe special teams guy. But in the future, Donnie Lewis Jr. brings you a serious um, candidate for a possible slot corner or, or, you know, second string corner. Um, I don't think it's a bad pick. I think he has to get a lot better, though, to be relevant. Does that make sense? All right, guys. The first undrafted free agent I want to talk about is a man named Brian Finanganafo. Sorry, wherever you are, Brian, if I botched that name. 
Offensive tackle, Idaho State, 6'6", 303, same size as Drew Forbes. Um, Here's his pro day numbers. 33-inch vert at 303 pounds, 33-inch vert. 29 bench reps, a 505 40-yard dash, and a 771 three-cone drill. Guys, that's good numbers. And like I said with Drew Forbes, it's the they put a picture of Drew Forbes, Brian Brian Ganafo, and David Bakhtiari's numbers all up at the same time. They were all three literally identical. And I'm not just saying they were close. I'm saying they were seriously the same thing. Like I said, Campin is your offensive line coach for a reason. You brought him in for this exact reason. Bring people in, build them up, make a great offensive line, and not pay them a lot of money. In my pipe dream, Drew Forbes and Brian Fine and Ganafo are my left and right tackles of the future. The odds that both of them turn out to be as good as I want them to be, probably not as high as I would like. But the biggest point about this is, if Drew Forbes doesn't work out, there's a good chance Fine and Ganafo works out. If Fine and Ganafo doesn't work out, there's a good chance Forbes works out. You bring in two of them, compete. And like uh, Freddie Kitchen said... This is one of the this is the best rookie minicamp offensive line he's ever seen. He's been around for 17 years. Um you know, it I think that they have a left and right tackle of the future now and I do honestly believe it's the both of the Bryans. Um another guy I want to talk about is if you guys don't watch Building the Browns on YouTube, I highly suggest it. Um, they just posted a rookie mini camp one, and they talked about, or I mean, they had a little thing where Freddie Kitchens kept saying, "Hey, I like you, but go pick the bleeping ball up." He was talking to a guy named Javante Dean from Miami University, six two. 185. Um, last year, he only had 14 tackles, three interceptions, and two passes defended. But he only played 332 snaps. So, what that means 332 snaps is about a third of what a normal cornerback plays. So, he produced that with just that many snaps. I won. I haven't investigated enough. I need to know why he didn't play that many snaps. Two, if he can keep playing at this level, expect him to compete to make the practice squad or maybe even the 53-man roster. 6'2", 185. He's a good size. He's a good size corner. Um, And if he has the ball skills that Sheldrick Redwine, his teammate from college, has, there's a good chance he might make the 53-man roster, guys. Um, another guy I want to talk about out of Florida is a guy from Florida Tech. 
which I had never heard of until they brought this guy in. His name's J.T. Hassel. I'm sure most of you know the Shaquem Griffin story. Um, the kid, the kid with one hand that now plays for the Seahawks. J.T. Hassel only has one hand. He's missing his, I believe it's his right hand. Oh, you know what? Nope, it, it's his left hand, and he's not missing the entire thing. It's just like he has basically no fingers on it. But he put up one of the best individual performances by anyone in JSC history. That's the uh, conference he plays in. He was voted Defensive Player of the Year. He had 124 tackles. 76 of them were solo. He had three forced fumbles. Nine and a half tackles for loss. Four and a half sacks. That, those are just ridiculous numbers. And here is something else to boot. He has a 42-inch vertical. A four three eight forty dash and a six eight four three cone and twenty three reps on the bench. I now I can't tell you how he plays. I do not I could not find any film on him. Florida Tech's a very small school. They just kept wanting to give me highlights, which I didn't want to watch highlights. Um they can make your judgment poor on a player good or bad if you just show all the good plays or all the bad plays you're gonna have a good or bad opinion about him i want to see every play and make a educated decision myself on the player but let me say that again 124 tackles in one year at, at that's just that's ridiculous especially for he plays a safety kind of hybrid um, I expect them to play maybe what Morgan Burnett plays for the Browns now, that linebacker safety role. Uh, but this guy's more athletic than Morgan Burnett by a long shot. So that's someone to keep a close eye on who I really, really, really think can make this 53-man roster and will be a menace on special teams and then maybe work his way up to a uh a, an every down player on defense in a couple years. Um guys, there's only two more players I'm going to talk about and uh their Wyatt Ray is Wyatt Ray is the first one I'm going to talk about. He has a legitimate chance to make this 53 man roster. He is a fast uh defensive end. He had fairly good stats in college. And I'm not going to go too long about him because um, out of the people I've talked about, he has my least amount of faith for making the 53. I still think him like the practice squad. But if he does make it, I will talk more about him and how he plays. But he um, is a very electric player who the Browns could really use to give Miles Garrett and Olivier Vernon some breaks. Miles Garrett is playing way too many snaps as it is. And as crazy as it sounds, his numbers will go up. 13 and a half sacks last year will go up to 15 or 16 or 17 by next year if he gets less snaps. Reason being, he gets more time off so he can play every snap at 100%. 
so the very last undrafted free agent I want to talk about, and obviously if I didn't cover someone that you really wanted me to, let me know. I'll cover them in the next episode at the beginning for you. But <laughs> this guy is a story, and anywhere he goes, people are following with a camera. And his name's Jamie Gillen. He's a punter out of Arkansas Pine Bluff. You're probably thinking right now, why in the hell are you talking to me about a punter? Especially when we have Britton Colquitt, who's a very, very good punter. I mean, just a couple years removed from the Pro Bowl, I believe. But listen to these Pro Day results. He's a punter. He had, okay, first of all, he's 6'1", 207, and this guy's built like a bodybuilder. He does not look like a punter. A 46940, 23 bench reps, a 37-inch vertical, and he kicked two 70-yard field goals on camera. And, to boot, got four footballs from the Cleveland Browns um, in mid, I think he might have said January, in mid-March or something, to work out. He popped three of the four while kicking them. He popped these footballs. This dude's super interesting. And part of me wants to see him make the team, and I love Britton Colquitt, but part of me wants to see Jamie Gillian on this team. He's an athletic specimen. And if you watch his tape, he lays this smack down on a couple of players that were not expecting the punter to hit that hard. Um, but, anyway, the if you uh, go... Look up um, James. Uh, his nickname is the Scottish Hammer. If you type in the Scottish Hammer, the uh, NFL Network did a thing over him. Uh, highly recommend you watching it. But those are my thoughts on the undrafted free agents and the draft class that the Browns uh, acquired this year. I think there are a couple undrafted free agents that can make a splash on this team. Um, I think there's a lot of draft picks that will make a splash on this team. And all in all, I think it was a much better year than some people think. Um, it's just weird not having to sit back and wait for someone to come and save your franchise because we already have that in Baker Mayfield. But anyway, that's episode two, guys. Uh, thank you so much if you're still listening at this point. It seriously means the world to me. Uh, this is I've been wanting to do this for about a year now. Uh, you guys, it would not be possible without you. And hopefully you guys keep listening and hopefully I keep, uh, keep getting better at this and putting out better content for you guys. And yep. Thank you so much for listening. If I missed anything you want me to talk about in the next episode, do not hesitate to let me know. But for now, I'm Chandler Adams and this was episode two of dog of the dog check pod. So as always, dog check.